There is a, well, I guess I can take this off, put nothing on too, ain't it? There is an old saying that what you don't know won't hurt you. And most of us have heard that. People say what you don't know won't hurt you. According to the Bible, that is true. It says what you don't know will destroy you. One of the things that hurts us is the lack of knowledge and the lack of understanding. And we're going to briefly talk about uh, Solomon when he was young, God told him that he would give him anything he asked for. With Solomon, of course, most people would ask for gold and silver, long life, power in these things. He simply said he needed wisdom to lead the people. And so I want to break this down into a place in your heart and your spirit. What's important to you? Your opinion or knowledge and wisdom to help you find the truth about things around you. We got uh, troubled times in this country and every news media has somebody that's saying this and that and politics is quite something because if you would listen to politics you'd think that nobody was worthy because this one is telling about how bad this one is and this one's telling about how bad this one is and you would think well none of them's worthy and i'm not just talking the uh, uh, presidential i'm talking about all around us well Look it up, do some research, figure out what the policies of these people are, and then figure out which the policies fit your situation and circumstance. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes. So if, if the Bible, I say this all the time, the Bible teaches us how to live a godly life. And I, the title of this, living a godly life in an ungodly world. Well, how do you live a godly life in in an in, ungodly world. Well, you have to have wisdom and knowledge. And so I have some people sometimes, I don't like long conversations when people call me, but sometimes I let them get away with it because they need to talk. But usually when you call me, you need to hear what I have to say. I don't need to hear what you have to say other than what your problem is. And then let's go to the next thing. Well, that's the coaching. That's the coaching, you know. Coaches are not used to long conversations. They're used to, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this to make yourself better. And one thing about coachings that I learned, we went to uh, a lot of organizations would have coaches camps and we would learn about them. <coughs> and we would learn about them and one coach might know about hurdling, one about throws, and one about distance, and one about middle distance, and one about sprints. Well, we went to those, even though we were coaches, we went to those clinics to learn more about what these other people are doing over here. And so I'm one that believes that you ought to go someplace 
or have somebody in your life that knows more than you. You understand what I'm saying? And so what we're gonna do is briefly talk about this, and I want us to get this because there's too much stuff going on around you, and you can't fall into that. You have to have the knowledge. And in Hosea 4 and 6, the King James Version in the message, I want to start out with that. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. He says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So what the Bible says is what you don't know will destroy you. Are y'all with me? And this ain't me. I didn't write this. This is good, though. But I usually say, uh, you know, uh, in other words, and put my own in, but this is what it's saying. It is saying, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then it, and, and knowledge is? Knowledge is facts. So sometimes we need to get the facts of a thing. You see, I remember one time I was telling somebody, they were going on and on. I said, no, 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 no. You dealing with the causes. Yeah, yeah, you need to, you, you, you did what's happening. You need to deal with the causes. You need to find the facts. You can't find the facts of something unless you find the cause of it. You see, it's like sometimes when your child is acting up for you parents and you want to get on your child and the fa- you know that they're acting up, but you need to find out the causes of why they're acting up and then you can deal with the facts. Are you with me? You have to have information. Information is one of the most important things you can give. Biblically, and this lesson here is mostly, let me tell you what, what, why I read this. Proverbs, I want everybody to hear me. Proverbs, everybody, everybody ought to read one proverb a day. Because Proverbs teaches us how to get along and how to get along in life and how to get along with people. One Proverbs every day. You need to read a proverb every day because Proverbs helps us to get knowledge. And we'll get into that pretty soon. Keep going, please. And knowledge is also the skills acquired through experience or and, education. See, the, so the, when you, knowledge is the skills required by a person through experience. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody who has more experience than you. Amen. You understand what I'm saying is, it, it sometimes when people, if somebody would call me and they had a marital problem, and they've been married a few years, then I don't want to hear nothing they got to say. I've been married 50. So you know somebody been married 50 knows more than somebody been married 10. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So by experience, and the thing that bothers me, if you all stay with me, there are people in the midst, in your midst, that have some experience that can help you, and, and, and through what they went through, they can educate you. You see, they can educate you. Education is, 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 this is no greater time now than to be educated. And educated, education comes from knowledge. Knowledge comes from books and personalities. You see, without an education, I don't care in what area, whether it be biblical education, Christianity, whether it be medicine, whether it be diets, what it is, we need education. You see? Right. One of my uh, heroes is retiring from the ministry uh, Dr. Charles Stanley, y'all know I'm a Dr. Charles Stanley guy, and I've always told people, I want to stay in the pulpit as long as Dr. Stanley stayed in the pulpit. Well, I might need to call him up because he's 87. And maybe he can educate me uh, what he done to keep him there that long. And, and it gives you awareness. Knowledge makes you aware. And I tell people all the time, figure out what's going on around you. Be aware of what's going on around you. I want to know all the best health things. I study, I need about vitamins, medication, spirituality, 
phys- uh, money, all of this stuff. I'm, I'm still at the process in my life where I'm seeking and I'm hungry for knowledge because I want to know what's going to work. It is amazing to me that people in households don't eat, husbands and wives don't even know each other. They're not aware of one another. They don't know what's going on around them or what's going on in their household. Isn't that something? Keep going. And knowledge also gives understanding of a subject. And, uh, and gives us an understanding. And the Bible says, above all thy gettings, get an understanding. You see, and then it also says, lean not to your own understanding. So we need to get an understanding. I can't tell Sister Gwen if she's got an issue or problem. I need to understand her. And so I can't lean to my understanding and first get in that conversation and say, well, this is why. No, I'm listening to her and get an understanding why she's acting or reacting to a certain subject. That's called knowledge. All right, here we go. And lastly, it means the body of truth. And the body of truth. So we're going to talk about this. Remember, we're going to really, we started with a proverb, but I put all of these together so that you can get a better understanding of how powerful knowledge is. Remember, my people destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because thou have rejected knowledge, I will reject thee. This is what the scripture says. God was upset with the people because they rejected knowledge. And he says, since you rejected knowledge, I will reject thee. And so that, that, that could be some of the things that's going on now. We know Christians, I'm talking Christians, we know better than some of the things that we are doing and we're acting as un- ungodly as the ungodly people and we're supposed to be living a godly life. And so the Bible says, if you reject the knowledge, it could be in the gospel, that if you reject the knowledge, I'm gonna reject thee. And here's the hard part, keep going please. And that thou shall be no priest to me. Okay. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God. And so he's saying, he's talking about to us today, he says, you have, we have forgotten the laws of God. Now, one of the greatest laws of God is to love one another. Isn't that so? Right. Respect one another and love one another. That's one of the laws of God. Do you see that now? Look at what was going on now. We act like we're all enemies. Toward, everybody's mad at somebody. Love is never even mentioned. The Bible says, love the God thy, with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, and thy spirit, and love thy neighbors thyself. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. Right. And look what's going on around here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then he says, I will also forget thy children. And he says, not only that, I'm going to forget your children. So the lack of knowledge of the parents, okay, and the parents rejecting knowledge, God is good. That's going to go to the next generation. And it goes from one generation to the next generation. And so what we have to do is we need to go back to the very knowledge, the gospel, the truth, the biblical truth of God and start living it. Last night, Brother Isaac, I, I got upset. And the Bible says, you, you, you don't go to bed angry. I got upset. Now, this is going to sound political, so don't y'all be uh, putting stuff on Facebook and all that stuff about me. All right, I'm going to tell you why I got upset. I, I turned the news on. I never watched the news late on Sundays because I don't want that on. But I wanted to get the weather, and I talked it on, and this nurse was talking, and so I, when I turned it up so I could hear what she was saying. And I think it was Liberty North. But she was talking about it and she was pleading to people to help us because, yes, she was pleading to people to help us because the hospital is overran by people with the virus. And she was like pleading to help us. And the simplest thing she says, wear a mask, stay six feet wear a mask and wash your hands. It's just like she was just pleading because we've got those people working hard 
they're working overtime to help us, okay, then we need to do a little thing to help them. Right? You see, she's, we got the knowledge of this. This is not political. This is a thing, if you love your neighbor as yourself, those people have husbands and, and children and wives and children, and we need to do everything we can to make their life easier because they're in that profession to help us. You see? And she was giving us knowledge. Knowledge is, don't, don't, don't start. Knowledge is wear a mask, stay six feet from each other, wash your hands. Even if you don't want to do it for yourself, you do it to help those nurses and doctors. You see? That's, that's what it's all about. I thought I would throw that in. Here we go. And now the message puts it this way. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. And he says that my people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. There are a lot of people, there are people who really don't know. They're not lying, they don't know because guess what? Nobody taught them, their parents didn't teach them, so the second generation is acting the way they're acting, and the third generation is going to, because they didn't have anybody giving them knowledge. All right? Then he says, because you've turned your back on knowledge, I've turned my back on you. And God is saying, because you turn your back, and it's a whole book of knowledge. He said, because you turn your, you your back on knowledge, he said, I'm going to turn my back on you. You shouldn't have to, there are some things you don't need to pray for. Just do what he said. Do you understand? Are we good? One of the things uh, about uh, households now that, that's lacking, this is a great time for parents to get knowledge and to teach their kids and to train their kids in a way they should go, as the scripture says. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing because now that you're spending all this time at home, open up your book and talk, open, go to the Proverbs, each one day a proverb, and you and your children, your family sit down and go over that Proverbs and teach one another because you want your generation to be better than the next generation. We're caught up in the sports and we, we send our kids to all of these different camps to be good at baseball, football, basketball, soccer, and we, we'll spend money and time. We'll set out in the sun and do all of those things uh, to get them to learn to understand to play a sport. We need to do more into under teaching our kids how to live a gospel life. One of the things, my oldest son, Alan, has a son, my grandson, Bryson, and Bryson is a, a, an incredible athlete. You, you see, should be, he's a fields. But he's an incredible athlete, and he can do a lot of things. But his father said something to me one day that touched my heart. He was talking about him playing sports, but he says, but what I really like about him or love about him, I don't know which word he used, he says, he's a good Christian boy. That's what his father said about him. That's going to take him further than his legs. That's going to take him higher than he can jump. Because, and, and if he's a good Christian young man, that means that he'll be a good Christian man. And one day, no matter, sports are going to be gone. One day, he'll be a great husband and father and grandfather in this because he came from a family that taught him knowledge or they put him in a place to get knowledge about the gospel and how to live a Christian life. And he will be able to live a godly life in an ungodly world because of the knowledge that he gained as a young man. And he won't perish. You see? 
I won't use my kids because you think I'm boasting, but hey, I won't use mine. That's my grandson back there hollering at me. All right, cool. All right. Now we're going to read Proverbs 18, verse 15 from the NIV message and the Passion. And I'm trying to make sure we get this because I want us all to be successful. We need to gain knowledge, knowledge of God and knowledge of the things that's going on around us. All right. I'm acting like a father and a coach today. You all are saved. You don't need to save a salvation sermon. You, you need a now what sermon. A now what sermon is getting knowledge to live the Christian life. All right. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. Somebody that has a heart that's discerning requires knowledge for the ears of the wise because they'll seek it out. If the, the wise people, they will seek knowledge out. That's what the scriptures are saying. All right. We need to seek out knowledge. Seek it out. Wise men and women are always learning. Wise men, and, that, that's from the message. Wise men and women are always learning. You never get too old to learn. Wise people are learning. You see? Always listening for fresh insight. They're always listening for fresh insight. I'm at, I'm at the downside of my life now. I ain't got 74 years on the other side. But I'm excited about the life that's before me, and I get excited, so I'm listening for fresh insight. That's why I was sad that Dr. Stanley was leaving, because I listen to Dr. Stanley and read some of Dr. Stanley's books, and there's others, but I'm, I'm a Stanley guy. And I, was getting, I, got, I, gained, I gained a whole lot from listening to Dr. Sandy, Stanley and a whole lot of insight from for my personal life, because sometimes the pastor needs to be preached to. Some seats as a pastor, sometimes the pastor needs to become the student. And it doesn't matter how old he is or how old she is, sometimes you need to sit down and become the student and put yourself in a learning position. In, 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 in sports, we call it, some people are not coachable, you see. It doesn't matter how old you are, even, even a coach ought to be coachable. You see, I'm talking about how to live a life to keep to make it. It's exciting at my age now that I'm learning more and listening more and I'm getting fresh insight and I'm excited about life now. More so than ever. I told somebody once, if I didn't know, if I knew it was this good in your 70s, I'd have been 70 a long time ago. All right, here we go. And the passion says, the spiritually hungry are always ready to learn more. And that's what I'm talking about. We need to get, we're hungry about everything else. Let's get spiritually hungry. We need to get, see, sometimes people are looking for stuff, but what they don't know, they're trying to find it through their senses, but it doesn't work in your senses, and I'll explain that. It's their spirit that is hungry. You have five senses, everybody knows that. You have five senses, y'all with me? Five senses. Your five sensory, senses are doors, to the brain. Your five senses are doors to the brain. You touch something, it burns, it goes here. All right? It has to be a physical type thing. Well, some people live through their senses. But that won't take you where you need to go. That's how you get addicted. When you, uh, people that are addicted, they'll tell you they, they crave something, whether it be from their eyes or their ears or what they taste or feel, whatever that is. They go to the, the doors that their brains open up and they get addicted to that. But not us. We are spiritual beings 
We're spiritual beings, and so we're hungry spiritually. So some people are hungry spiritually, and they don't know if they're hungry spiritually. They're trying to feed it through their senses, and that's why they're never satisfied, because it is a spiritual hunger that they have. Now, that wasn't too heavy for you, was it? No. Spiritually hungry. That's what you want to be, spiritually hungry. You can't wait to read your Bible and listen and grow and learn and gain knowledge, become a better Christian man, a better Christian woman, and it, it'll make you a, a better Christian uh, father, husband, wife, mother. You see, sometimes some of us, like myself, some of us didn't know how to do those things because we weren't taught to do those things, so we didn't become those things, maybe till later on in our lives. And so we missed being mothers and fathers to uh, the first group of children. That's right. You see, so is a man thinking, so is he. If you don't know nothing, you can't think anything. If you don't have the knowledge of it, you can't do it. All right. And their hearts are eager to discover new truths. And, and their hearts are eager to discover new truths. We all want to see new truths. Oh, God, I didn't know that. That is exciting to learn that. I listen to, like I said, sometimes I become the student, and sometimes I'll listen to maybe Sister Joyce Mars, and uh, she will come out with something. I'll say, wow because she sometimes uh, she'll speak to women. Her and Beth Moore are tremendous at that. And so I like listening to Joyce Mars and Beth Moore because they have a, they ministry mostly are for women, but you know, they aren't, but that's mostly for women. Guess what? I get great insights because they're teaching me things and I'm learning things about women that I would have never known because a man can write books about it, but he doesn't know how it really is because he's never felt it. And if he can't felt it, he's never been it. But they've been there before and I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. And it makes me a better husband. And it makes me treat women different from what I've learned from what they've educated me with. Am I doing all right? Yes. I'm trying to slow this down because I'm really upset about what's going on in this country right now in the, in the church, all right? Now we're going to turn to Proverbs 1, 1 through 7 from The Voice. I, Solomon, David's son and Israel's king, pass on to you these Proverbs, a treasury of wisdom. And this book of, the book of Proverbs is a treasury of wisdom. One proverb a day. The book of Proverbs is a treasury of wisdom. There is a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. I trust me, if you start reading just one a day, don't try to read two or three, read one a day and sit down with your family. There is a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. Amen. You see? That's right. And he calls wisdom a treasure. There's nothing, wisdom is priceless. Mm -hmm. You see? That's right. All right. He is passing this on so that you would recognize wisdom and value discipline. And says he's, he's passing this on so that you will recognize wisdom and value discipline. And I love that word discipline. Mm -hmm. Discipline. We need to value discipline. It's like we have lost all of our discipline in this country right now. Where's your discipline? Discipline is? It is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior. And this is where discipline comes from. The Bible is full of scriptures that teaches us discipline. Some of us didn't have parents. We weren't parents. See, you can be a father and not be fathering. You can be a mother and not be mothering. Right. 
This teaches you how to do those things. Everything that I haven't been taught, this taught it to me. I didn't come a better person because of my father and mother. I came a better person because of this. All right? And discipline also helps improve skills. And it helps improve skills. Discipline. You know, as athletes, the key is discipline. You have to have discipline. We t- they teach you discipline. And we need to improve on our discipline. And then it says also, it exercises self-control. When you have discipline, you have self-control because you see, you'll be all right because desperate people do desperate things, but not us that have discipline because we have discipline and discipline will give us self-control so we can control ourselves no matter what the situation and circumstance is because we have spiritual discipline. And lastly, it means enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. And it it will help us with our moral character. Because, see, I don't care who you are. You see, Satan's going to come up. He's slick. He's going to talk to you. But if you have self-control and discipline, you won't fall into his traps. You understand? And see, this is, I like these kind of lessons because most people want to go to church and they want to get excited. Now, I don't want to get excited. I want you to get it because I've lived in my lifetime an undisciplined life and you, play a, you pay a price for it. You see? All right, here we go. Then he says, continuing in verse 2, that he passes on so that you would understand insightful teaching. And he says he wants us to get what? Insightful teaching. Insightful teaching. I would do better if I knew better. Somebody teach me. There used to be an old saying years ago, if you give me one fish, I'll eat for the day. If you teach me how to fish, I'll eat for life. Teach me. Teach me something. You see? You understand? And also to receive wise guidance to live a disciplined life. And it says... Receive wise guidance to live a disciplined life. Mm -hmm. You need to go to somebody to give you some guidance so you can live a disciplined life. You see? Mm -hmm. That you would seek justice and have the ability to choose what is right and fair. And then once you have taught that and somebody's guided you, then when you get, you can, let's say your child, your children, if you teach your child, children this and you give them wise guidance and they have discipline, when they, are, they go off to college or they go off to someplace else, they will still be able to have the ability to choose what is right and what is fair. Yeah, that's right. But it's got to come from somewhere. Right. It don't just come out there. It's got to be taught from somewhere. Yes. That's right. Do you understand? Yes. And verse 3 from the Passion says, Those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship. Now here's what I wanted. I put that part in there because there's something here a bunch of y'all need to hear. Mm-hmm. It will give you, demonstrate to you wisdom in every relationship. Mm-hmm. Wisdom Wisdom will teach you husbands how to love your wives, your wives how to love your husbands, fathers how to love their children, children how to love their father, mothers how to love their children, children how to love their mothers. It will teach you in every relationship and it will also teach you how to get in the right relationship. 
because there are a lot of good people because of the lack of wisdom, knowledge, and discipline. They get in the wrong relationships and they wind up in abusive relationships. But when you have wisdom and discipline, it will demonstrate to you, this is not, this is not right for me. This is not just. This is not fair. Do you understand? Am I doing all right? All right, am I doing all right? You see, it is not, remember I got upset last night. It is not fair. It is not just, it is not fair for us to be so careless that we put nurses and doctors and other people in position because of the lack of our discipline. Somebody pays a price for the lack of our discipline. You see, it's not about what I think and it's not what makes me comfortable. It's what's about right, what's just, and what is fair. All right. These proverbs teach the naive how to become clever. And it teaches the naive how to read one proverb a day. It will teach the naive how to become clever. Mm -hmm. And you better be clever. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. And they instruct the young and how to grow in knowledge and live. And it aggression. instructs our children and our grandchildren how to grow in knowledge mm -hmm. with discernment. Yeah. That's right. It'll help them. You know, they can look back and say, I remember mama told me this. My, my father told me this. I'm not gonna get involved in this relationship. This is not right. This is not just. This is not fair. Because they learned that. They got that knowledge and that wisdom from the first generation. Many of us in here would have been a long way we didn't get it. But it doesn't mean now that we've been in a place now that we can get it and give it. All right? See, sometimes when you do a lesson like this, uh, a lecture like this, you know, pastors don't get a whole lot of, because it's like you're fussing. Well, I am fussing. You know, I'm a guy that loves America. Yeah, I'm a guy that loves America, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that when the Olympics, I was, I was heartbroken. Brother Steve, I was heartbroken when they didn't do the Olympics because I, there's nothing more powerful than to watch someone win and beat all the other countries in the world and stand up there and they play the national anthem. And you stand there and you're the best in the world. And then, they, and then they profile those people before and they, all of the things that they went through, the sacrifices and the disciplines that it took to get there. That just gives me chills to watch them stand there because I know you don't, just, you don't get invited there. You have to work your way to get there. <laughs> you see, so I'm that guy and I love that discipline. And you know, I'm a Vince Lombardi. I read his books about discipline because I acknowledge discipline will save your life. You see, you see, Every one of us in here, the first time that we got connected into some kind of sin, it was the lack of discipline. Yes. All right, I have no clue where I'm at. Uh, verse 5, okay. the wise will pay attention to these words. See, wise people will pay attention to these words. It's like some of you all are listening to me. The wise men will pay attention to these words and grow and learn. This is what we want to do. We want to grow and learn. And? and the discerning will receive divine guidance. And, we, and those that have the spirit of discerning, because wisdom will give you the spirit of discerning, and you'll have divine guidance. Yeah. 
And we won't make all the mistakes spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially because we're under divine guidance. We don't lean to our own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path. That's what's called divine guidance. I want to, there's people in divine guidance. That couple that just got through praying, Logan and Kim, he was praying and she's singing and, 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 and I'm using them because they're sitting there. Divine guidance will help them to make it through their marriage forever. It's divine guidance. Just Logan sitting there. If Logan leans to his own understanding, it's going to fall apart. Kim leans to his own understanding, it's going to fall apart. But if they both stand under the, the umbrella of divine guidance, it is bring them together. That's in anybody's life. You got to get out of self and get under divine guidance. I know what I'm talking about. And that divine guidance will be able to help you interpret the meaning of a proverb and a puzzle, the twists and turns and the words of the wise and the riddles. And he's talking about when you read this proverbs, divine guidance will give you the information that you need in your personal life. Mm -hmm. Keep going seven, please. Let us begin. The worship of the eternal one, the one true God, is the first step toward the knowledge. The first step of knowledge is to learn about God. First step of knowledge to teach your children, as I talked about that young man, grandson a while ago. First, step, no, not being, an, not being an athlete, being a Christian. Right. Teach your daughters and sons, be Christians. That's, right. That's the first step. The first thing I want, the first step I want my child to know is God. Know who God is. You see, all right? Then he lets us know fools, however, do not fear God and cannot stand wisdom or guidance. Now, this is the Bible. I love it. It's a fool that doesn't want to gain knowledge. So if you're getting ready to talk to somebody and they know everything, you leave that fool alone. You see? And they asked you why you're doing it. You're saying, I'm doing that because I'm, the, I'm, I'm under the discerning and the discipline of the gospel. And they laugh at you. You let that fool go. <laughs> Fools, however, do not fear God and cannot stand wisdom or guidance. You see? That's just a fact. You see? And that's why sometimes when you're talking to some, a fool, if you're not careful, you become a fool. You see? You just need to throw up your hand. Now, this is what it's saying. It says the first step towards knowledge is us. But it says fools, however, do not fear God and cannot stand wisdom or guidance. And sometimes, and God, you know what God said in the Bible? You can find it yourself. It's in Romans. It says he will lead them over into a reprobated mind. Because some fools are going to live fools and die fools. Because they can't stand wisdom and, and or guidance. Now listen to me. There's sometimes there are people that's put in your life to give you wisdom and you guidance. But the fool's going to say, he's just a man. He don't know no more than me. Really? She's just a woman. She don't know no more than me. Really? Look at how they're living. 
Brother Nathan says something about, because some people think sometimes I'm a little kind of hard, but that's the coaching in me. And he says, when it, instead of him getting upset, he said, I just check his record. They said, just check his record. Yeah, don't get mad at him, check his record. You see, if his record is good, then I'm listening to him. You see, I ain't got to like what he's saying. You see? Brother Trevor sitting back here, he'll tell you sometimes when Pastor Fields knew what it took for him to get to the level of uh, to be the college athlete that he should be. He wasn't jumping around. I remember the workout, he'll tell you, that's those three sets of three, 300s, worst workout, make you fall apart. Our drummer will tell you the same thing. JK came to me once and we got him ready. You think they were jumping up when they get ready to throw down? I'm getting ready to throw up, coach. This is great. <laughs> no. They were probably saying some other things about coach. But coach's records was what they were relying on. You see, not the pain they were going to go through to get there because it's going to hurt. You see, you would think coach would know because he's coached hundreds of athletes. I'm going to go by his record, not by his workouts. Because his workouts are killing me. But his records, <laughs> but his records are motivating me. All right? And verse 7 from the NIV says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Oh, yes. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. And you know, I keep putting that. That's the NIV. It keeps using the word fool. Mm -hmm. A fool despises wisdom and instructions. I'm getting ready to end it up on it. Yes. I hope this was a good lecture. Yes. Not yes. sermon, lecture. That's right. All right? So our last scripture is Psalms 119, verse 66, from the Passion and Message. Teach me how to make good decisions. This, this, is where, this is where it is. Mm -hmm. Teach me how to make good decisions. That's right. Teach me how to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in our prayer, God, teach me how to make good decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Give me revelational light. That means make me aware. Mm -hmm. For I believe in your commandments. Mm -hmm. The message. Train me in good common sense. Give me good common sense. It's a shame that common sense is not common anymore. I'm thoroughly commit to your ways that you want me to live. It doesn't use it like that. It says I'm thoroughly commit to living your ways. I can't live God's ways unless I know what he expects of me. That's why I had to read my Bible, go to church, get in Bible study, so I can learn how God wants me to live, so I can live his way. Amen? Amen. All right, give God a hand. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we got a good lecture today about knowledge and discipline and wisdom. Lord, I'm asking you for everyone in the sound of my voice and all of those that are watching, whether they're, however they're doing it with this new technology, we all cry out, teach me, O oh God, 
how to make good decisions. Some as husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, grandfathers, grandmothers, sons and daughters. Yes, yeah, siblings, teach us. Pastors, coaches, teach us how to make good decisions. And then as individuals, teach us, Lord, how to make good decisions. Give us that resurrection light so we can know, resurrection light so we can know what to do. We want to live up to your commandments. Train us to have common sense and be committed to your ways. Help us to get out of self and lean not to our own understanding. Help us to, the scripture says, in all thy ways to trust him and trust in you and you will direct our path. That's what we want. We want to make good decisions for our children and our grandchildren, our husbands and our wives, our brothers and sisters, our community. We want to make good decisions, good, sound decisions. Train us to have good sense, common sense, to live the way you'd have us to live. And all that were in agreement with me this morning say, amen. Amen.